Welcome to A Kenyan's Experience, a podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. This podcast is relevant for everyone at any point in the academic or career path, from high schoolers to uni students to industry professionals, and even those looking to people later in their careers. Here at AKE, we ask the questions you wished you had before you started your journey and normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in for a once-weekly episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on A Kenyan's Experience. In this new season, we're introducing a new feature, voice notes, whereby you as the audience We'll be able to click on a link that will be in our show notes and let us know what you thought about the episode. Any feedback you may have, you know, as far as content or even like technical stuff, we want to improve. So hit that link, record a voice note and let us know what you think. Hey guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of A Kenyan's Experience Podcast. We are excited to be here back again with the gang, except we're missing Eric. You know, we always miss Eric, but soon we're finding a way to get him into more of our episodes, yeah, or more with us. Um, today's guest is a good friend from uni, Migai. Um, say hi to the people. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be here. Yes, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm also joined by Cynthia and Dennis. What's good, guys? Hello, hello. Happy to be back. Yeah. Cynthia, your voice has really done well today. (laughs) That code has said, not today. I'm the one who's told it, not today. (laughs) I'm the one who told you, hey, you better get a back seat, girl. Because I think it's all the laughing, you know? Yeah. It's all the laughing. It's clearing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Good day to be recording. All right, and with that, we will get started. So, Migai, tell us about you. Who is Migai? Oh, um, yeah, good question about Migai. So, like, I'm not one thing, and I'm also not everything. But for the things that I am, uh, firstly, big on family. Bars. Bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so firstly, I'm big on family. I think there's such an anchor in my life. Um, I guess now I started a company, so an entrepreneur, um, you know, trying to build that out. And mm-hmm. a lifelong learner. I think, you know, having, like, enjoying learning has also made me better when it comes to relating with my family and friends and also hopefully better at this whole entrepreneurial journey. So I'd say those are some of the things that Mugai is or Awesome. awesome. As I would also add, like you're a good friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> I've you. noticed. You. I noticed recently you're very intentional with your friendship, which is a good thing. Oh, thank. Happy to hear. Happy mm-hmm. to hear. So, what did you what did you study at uh, at uni? Yeah. Um, yeah. So in uni, I did uh, business management. I think when I was deciding what to do. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought, how can I make it the 
options and selections as broad as possible. And yeah, that's, that's what I ended up studying. How's that? How did you find it? Um, so to be honest, like I, I enjoyed the experience. Um, but I think the most value that I got from uni was everything outside of the uni environment. Right. Um, right. I think like the course was great, but it was everything else. You know, I had a startup with a few friends in uni, which was a learning curve and exciting on its own, you know, joining different societies, um, you know, from SES to playing football weekly to rather really nice one that I like to call an actors where you basically create like social projects and then you take it to the community and you try and like improve the lives of the people, the stakeholders of the project. And then they have like a nationwide now, cause I started in the UK, then they'd have like a competition across all universities in the UK to compete, like whose project has the most impact. So it's things like that, that really enriched the uni experience um, on top of the course as well. You mentioned SAS. Is that the sorry? Was this the the African Caribbean Society? Society. Yes. I, yes. Feel, I feel like we've all got part of this. Yeah. Honestly, we all it's like a rite of passage. passage. It's yeah. a rite of like, passage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a rite of passage. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like where yeah. are my people at. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did that for a bit, but actually, interestingly enough, some really good advice I got before I got, went to uni was. Mm-hmm like to really enrich an experience, try make, you know, like a ton of friends outside of just your usual. So I'm, I'm Kenyan, so like out of the Kenyan circle. Right. Um, and that actually paid dividends much later because when I started, when I stayed in, in the UK to, you know, continue my studies, a lot of my Kenyan friends and, you know, African friends who, was, who had come to study um, left. So mm-hmm. I found that, you know, the whole loneliness and, you know, where should I now go now that all my friends had gone was not really a factor because I'd taken the time to invest in like a diverse friendship group who were locals and like were staying there. So it was, it was a really smooth transition. So yeah, I did ACS, but I really tried to like mingle with everyone and anyone. When you joined the African Caribbean Society, how did you feel as a Kenyan? I ask because when I was at King's, when I was at, in university, I also, we, I went to the ACS, you know, like the first like freshers week, like you have like mm-hmm. a taster session or whatever. I joined that and I was just like, I don't feel like, I, I mean, I recognize <laughs> that we're all black, we're African. And I was like, I really feel like there's, there's like a, something that's missing here. I was like... <laughs> It was just different. I think we've talked about this a lot where it's just like, I recognize that you're black, but it's just not the same thing. Um, Hence this podcast in the first place. So then we ended up even creating like an East African society because of that feeling, that feeling Mm -hmm. of otherness. And maybe it was where I went to university. There weren't that many Kenyans and stuff. But yeah, how did you feel as being part of ACS? Do you think that there was something missing or was it sort of like what you needed both? Um, It's very interesting how... Like even though in you know different unis at different times we sort of go through similar experiences, so yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so join us yes, and predominantly is a West African, like a West African community, mm-hmm. um, and but I think because of the earlier statement I'd made where I was really intentional about making friends just beyond, like Kenyans, and I think I really didn't mind, because like with my Kenyan friends, like because we'd come from you know Kenya together, some of them I'd known for years before we went to the UK. 
like I knew those friendships were solid. So it was where we sometimes go weeks without seeing each other. Then when we come back together, we're spending like a full on weekend, you know, just together. You wake up, you sleep, you wake up, you sleep, you're together. And then, you know, you go again for three weeks apart. So I really didn't mind that diversity because it was an experience for me to like immerse myself with, you know, if I was just here, I would not have interacted with as many West Africans or Ethiopians, Somalians or so I, I personally didn't didn't mind it. But yes, a Kenyan society was formed eventually. Maybe Gavoni was chair, I don't know. <laughs> no, do you know what? It wasn't me, but I will say when I when I went to uni, um in the African society, like Cynthia said, it was mostly Nigerians and you know, Caribbeans and I was just like I'm black, I'm Kenyan, like we're black together, but there's nothing else. Then I did my placement in Kenya. So when I went back to uni for final year, I was like, hiya, there are many Kenyans in this school. Now we have a Kenyan society. What happened? But it was a good thing. (laughs) It was a good thing. So you guys know this, like the uni I went to. So, Paul, I went to uh, Portsmouth Uni, which is basically Westlands. Like, there are just too many Kenyans. Oh, do you say Westlands? Too many <laughs> Westie boss. Too many Kenyans there. <laughs> proper. So, like, that, that society was just basically just going to, like, <laughs> a bar in Westlands. Too exactly. many of the, the same baboons that I see at home, like, every time. Mkwapa. It was exactly here. Yeah. yeah. All right. So... As we usually do, we stalked your LinkedIn profile, um, and oh, we saw snap. you've done, <laughs> yeah, we saw you've done quite a bit of uh, volunteering work and mentoring and working with children. Uh, why was that important to you? Oh, um, so I guess how it started versus mm-hmm. how it ended were very different. So what I mean by that is, at the beginning, I actually stumbled upon like the mentorship of. like to be a mentor and have mentees there's like some career fair at uni you know where they you know call different organizations to sort of like showcase what they're doing and initially i was just going there to like see what's what's happening around manchester um and then yeah i I came across the program it was called reach out where um you then now mentor students in either grade five or grade six uh, math and english but these are students who were like not doing well. So they were sort of like getting like extra classes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or not doing well could be either academically or also just like behavior wise. And I think over time it became, you grow like an attachment because like you're seeing the journey of these kids, you know, either becoming more passionate about math or English mm-hmm. or even just from like a behavioral like standpoint. Now, you know, there's one kid that um, I was assigned uh, you know, came from a really tough background, um, you know, foster home, etc. And now you could see how his background was sipping in, into his behavior in school. So they're now really trying to just help him and like show him that he still has like a future here and he can still, you know, you know, really put his best foot forward. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really moving. And honestly, I went, when, it, when the program came to an end, it was actually a bit difficult because like all the kids and I was sending you notes of how you've helped them and how they're thankful and, yeah, it was really, like, heartwarming. Um, the only caveat is that you're, like, you're not allowed to stay in contact with those kids because they're, like, quite young. But the interesting thing that happened was, like, at the, when I was just about to now leave the UK, literally randomly on, on the bus stop, I saw the kid I was mentoring. 
and it was such a like fitting moment to sort of like say nice. bye to my time in the UK because you know and I had grown up and he was just a, he was a, he was become a man now. It's like wow, like it was so good to see it. But yeah, it was a really good program. That's amazing. How did how do you think that affected you? Because it sounds like you've had quite a profound impact on that young man, on the people that you met. How do you mm-hmm. think that impacted you in terms of like your own? You know, you as Paul, you as Mugai, how did that affect you? And did it make you want to do things differently? Do you think that it was a thing that solidified the choices that you've made today and gotten to where you are now? Oh, wow, um, good question. Um, I think, uh, firstly, it's allowed me to be more empathetic because sometimes mm-hmm. we can be quick to judge why someone is doing like a certain action without understanding what got them to that point. Mm-hmm. So without me getting to know the I wouldn't mention his name, but the kid in this point, I would not have known how his home situation was really affecting his mm-hmm. school behavior. And if you just walked in and you saw his school behavior, it's easy to like judge, like, you know, why are you not, you know, doing well in school, like so on and so forth. But the more I take the time to actually understand his background, it just made sense. Like if I was in the same position, like I could have done the same thing, maybe even worse. Um, so I want to learn to be more empathetic to people's situations. But secondly, it also allowed me to then now recognize the position that I'm in and then now how can I maximize the good that I do with the few opportunities that are around me. So then now you can sort of be the bridge for someone else to believe that they can be better than where they currently find themselves. So, but that is something that I think now will just happen over time um, in terms of, okay, you know, once you get to a certain point, like, okay, then how can you use that platform to then now inspire others without judging? but really show them that you're not your past. You can you can now create a better future for yourself. Ooh, I love that. Great answer. So, <laughs> so being an international student and a minority as well, did that stand out in the volunteering role, especially from the children's perspective of maybe not seeing someone that's from the same country as they are? Was that ever a factor? Ooh, um, so the thing, like one of the reasons why I chose Manchester in particular is because it, it is quite diverse. Mm-hmm. So if you go to like a smaller town or, or city in England, then it's it's a lot easier to recognize the racial difference. But in Manchester, like it is, it's, it's pretty diverse. So even when you went yeah. to the school and then also like depending on the school you go to, then the like the racial equality and equality is different. So that particular mm-hmm. one that we had gone to, um, yeah, there are children from all backgrounds. So that was not like a like a factor. I think it was more, okay, like try and understand his background and then like really help him like put more effort in school um, as opposed to like spacing out and thinking about like, oh, if I go home today, like, you know, that's going to be tough. And then also showing him that the channels that he can now speak up if things are really bad. So then his situation could hopefully be improved. I think that was more like, yeah, the, the, the challenge. Yeah, I used to, I used to mentor kids as well, which is how I was oh, nice. the question. Cause yeah, yeah from in the city I was in, um, there wasn't a whole lot of, of, of diversity, mm. especially with, with the kids. They didn't really know all the people different from they were. Mm-hmm. And it did affect mentoring them to some degree, because of course you want, the best for them but they have to look at things through a lens of a person that you know they're not used to interacting with 
and that can affect you as the mentor as well just you know because you want to make sure they're comfortable and that you know they're good and that they can relate with what you're talking about and it can be a challenge it can be a challenge it is it is good that manchester is diverse and it is my wish that a lot more places be more open to mentors that are not like them especially for children mm-hmm. because then that way they can learn so much that's that's very true did you have a mentor yourself my guy um not then um it was actually quite <laughs> it was quite interesting because especially at that stage was the point where i started learning about the importance of mentors and i was looking for a mentor mm-hmm. myself so to then now be the mentors like okay awkward but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you sort of quickly grow into it and you realize even with the little you know it can help someone else um Mm. But now I do have a mentor because, like I think I mentioned, so I started a company. It's called Ego Experience, and yeah, there's a mentor who's sort of farther in his process than I am. Did investment banking for eight years. Now has a an agricultural company. Um, so even if it's a different field, he's yeah, he's called Kimani. He's a wonderful mentor. But yeah, always looking for more mentors who you know can impact knowledge, especially in the tech community. Um, yeah, so I do have a mentor, but always looking for yeah more to learn and grow nice what about what you guys about... do you guys hey, yeah you i ask us the questions we'll leave that. <laughs> 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 even that put us on the spot <laughs> hey, what about you guys do you mentor do you have mentors because yeah. you want to go tough first <laughs> uh, i know okay very tough uh no ish to both so okay. I don't mentor anyone really, but I feel like as a firstborn sister and as an older cousin, I just mm. have, you know, people who generally just look up to me to some extent. Yeah. So I feel like what I do has to, you know, be a positive reflection of myself and have a positive impact on them, even if they're not, even if they don't tell me they're looking at me um mm. i just feel like i just have to not only for my own quality of life but just also to have a positive impact on them as well in terms of having a mentor i did have one when i was in new york i didn't even know she was my mentor until she told me i was like oh okay <laughs> she claimed you she claimed you guess what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she was so friendly and, you know, she had a best friend from Kenya and so and she knew about the program I was doing. So she's just like, oh, my God, let's just hang out, go for coffees. You know, I'll give you ideas of where you can travel to. You can tell me about your life in Kenya. I have a best friend. I'll tell you where I've been. And then she's like, you know, this mentorship thing we're doing. I said, oh, OK. <laughs> she asked you the what are we question. <laughs> yeah. Right. She was like. Yeah, she was like, this mentorship thing, she's like, how can I help you? And I was like, oh, shit, this person is my mentor for real. And now I'm supposed to know how she can help me. I wasn't, I thought we were just friends. So that was the last, I would say that, that was the last mentor I had. Um, but yeah, similarly, to you have mentor. a boyfriend. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, but I think similarly to how I think my younger cousins view me, I also have older cousins, so I also sort of view them like that as well mm. so without officially being my mentors they're people i do look up to mm. yeah 
Uh, but is that abstract mentorship of mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have one via mm-hmm. title, but you look up to someone, you learn from someone. Like I do this at work as well. Like you know, my my supervisor, I'd classify him as my mentor. He doesn't know it, but you know, I learn the small bits and pieces from him. Mm-hmm. And it makes my role, you know, I'm learning how to do things in my role. I guess you could call that mentorship. Of course, he doesn't know it and you don't want to put a title <laughs> to it. But, you know, it's, I've not been claimed. Like, I don't know. in the talking stage. I'm in the talking stage, exactly. 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 I mean, maybe Undefined. one day I'll ask him, like, what are we? What are we? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. That's how I'd classify mentorship for me. I mean, it's just looking up to people that are around me. Mm-hmm. They're not taking it like to a title stage, but just actually learning from them. Yeah. But Dennis, I know you, you've looked into mentoring, haven't you, back home? Yeah, 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 I have, I have. And been a mentor as well, like the, mm-hmm. the kids also. Um, that, that was huge. That was huge for me. So it's, it's, it's different and weird being on the other side of it where now mm. you're trying to look up to someone, you know, you've been the mentor for so long that mm. you don't really understand what it's like on the other side of the table. Mm. So okay. it's still a learning curve for me, but you know, it's one that's necessary, absolutely necessary in whatever field that you're in. That's true. Yeah. What about you, Cynthia? Um, so me personally, I've not been claimed by anyone because I believe in healthy <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> state your intentions from far (laughs) (laughs) i call the shots (laughs) so i have a i have a coach actually so she's it's it's a free service under the nhs basically any junior any doctor really can uh, apply to get a coach for six months so you do like one hour sessions once a month um we've only had one session as a beginning at this month we have another one next week friday and that one hour, genuinely, having it at the beginning of 2023 has set the pace for what the rest of my year is going to look like. I've told Gadoni, like, just having someone asking me. So I think a coach and a mentor is different, I will say. Yeah. Because a mentor is someone who you want to sort of, like, follow in their steps. They'll give you very direct advice. Whereas a coach is someone who sort of like a therapist but isn't as personal they'll ask you specific questions to sort of like tease out thoughts tease out fears tease out anxiety Mm -hmm. so help you think clearly on what you want as opposed to telling you speak to this person do this do that to get to where you want to be um so in that sense i would say i have that and for me personally that's already been an exceptional experience and hopefully i'll be able to afford to have a coach long term past the six months um in terms of being a mentor myself, I'm personally shit scared. I don't think I've got the, <laughs> I don't think I've got the balls, the, the cojones to do it. And I think what I've done is sort of gone sort of like a bit of a detour. So having this podcast, um, being like the president of specific societies and as an alumni of my previous university, in a way to sort of like give advice to people, but indirectly without sort of like the responsibility of being like, you told me to do this and look at me now, you know? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. This is a platform. I can give you advice from a distance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need to have the what are we conversation. <laughs> I've stated it. <laughs> I'm not about that life. <laughs> but as throughout like my career as a, as a doctor, and we have met students on the ward, I'm, I'm sort of getting to the point where I feel like I can teach them and stuff like that. But I think you guys can attest to this. It's it's scary. 
because uh, um, yeah. you, you, you're essentially responsible for someone else. Um, because again, like you're a mentor, you're someone they look up to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe by the end of 2023, I'll get there being able to have the confidence to, to be someone's mentor. But for now, not, not yet, not yet. I think on the flip side as well, like not, not too many people want to take that responsibility to like guide others. So mm-hmm. I guess even just having something in some cases is better than nothing. Yeah some cases that's true and also like if you're still figuring life out and then somebody comes and Mm. says be my mentor you're like (laughs) you and me both (laughs) 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 the blind can be the blind (laughs) (laughs) so paul what was what was your uh applying for university what was that like how was your experience um So, so to apply for university, uh, I went through a program called IFY, so International International Foundation here, which is basically like a bridging course if you're trying to, you know, go to, for example, like a UK university. And why that's the case is because if you go to the 84 system like I did, you do 12 years of school, but the British system has 13 years of school. So to then go to UK university, you did like a quote unquote 13th year, which that becomes like your foundation year that you now either do it in Kenya or you do it abroad. So the place that offered that in Kenya was uh, Brookhouse. So I went through that and then they had sort of like set like universities that they, they highly <laughs> encourage you to sort of like apply mm-hmm. for. Uh, and then just basically say that like, I think 11 or 13 and you like pick out of this range. So I think those were sort of like a set path. Though I think in hindsight, if I knew my options were wider, maybe I could have explored that a bit more because they actually were. Um, but yeah, that was what applying was like through the school. Yeah, I had, a, I had a tutor when I was in year 13, a business tutor, Mr. Nyoro. He was a business teacher at Brookhouse. And I remember when I told him I'm going to Salford, he was like, that's one of the universities we recommend. You should actually come to Brookhouse to hear more about Salford. And I remember one day me and my mom did that. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then I remember when I went back to to uni in my final year after placement, most of the Kenyans I met who had joined like the year before, most of them came from Brookhouse. I was like, eh, so mm. he wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of curated path. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Speaking of Brookhouse, like you know, the castle, like what, what what's that about? The whole Harry Potter look, like is, is that how it looks on the inside as well? Like from outsiders, like <laughs> many people are curious. Is just an outside look, or does that look in the inside as well? Are they spells? Is that a course? <laughs> like asking for a friend. Asking yeah. for a friend. <laughs> um, no, it's just classrooms inside. It's just the outside. <laughs> what was your Brookhouse experience like? Um, I think it was good. Um, I think uh, what what helped it even be like really good was so when I was in high school actually, I realized I really used to complain about my primary stage of life, mm-hmm. but then after in in hindsight I'm like oh wow like primary is actually really good I made a ton of friends and we still kept in contact. 
So I started having the mindset to really appreciate each stage of life as I'm in it and like just make the most out of that stage. So, you know, fast forward, I go to book house and just sort of like the same mindset. It's like, okay, can you find bad? Yes. Can you find good? Yes. But like, how can I make the most out of it? And yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a really good experience, you know, made some really good friends that, you know, we still regularly keep in contact today, uh, did sports. Um, yeah. And I guess eventually went abroad, which was the purpose of going there. So that was good. Sorry. Go ahead. Go okay. Okay, I'm just going to ask, um, so did you consider um, studying in Kenya or was it by the time you decided you're going to Brookhouse for IFY, you was um, going abroad? So interesting thing, like from high school, I was mm-hmm. always in the mindset to go abroad. Okay. And it was all, yeah. actually, it was Manchester in specific. Um, oh. I, yeah, because when, when I was in primary, so I was really like, a football geek and like passionate about football. I was going to ask if you're a fan. <laughs> I played the fifth, but uh... <laughs> good answer. You can't say it and then not, the, not, not, the, not the focus of today's conversation. This <laughs> okay, is why I can be a shameless plug for Dennis. Uh, yes. I'm on a podcast all about football, so mm. oh. <laughs> no, there is a space. Yeah, yeah talking about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> you discuss yes, United. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, love to hear. Um, yeah, yeah, seven discussion points on that point. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, tough. <laughs> yeah, so I'd always wanted to go to Manchester um, because I, I I went for football there back in primary. There was like a school program and you know, I was fortunately enough to go for that, to play some football there. Um, mm-hmm. But when I fast forward, you know, Dan Brookhouse, it's time to apply, you know, got into uni. I started having doubts about going to the UK. So I actually went to USIU. I got the, you know, brochure, like applying material. I was like, yeah, you know, what? I, I, I could start seeing myself doing uni here. You're like, because I'd predominantly come from like a business background. So it was always, if I stay, like I can, I can start early and, you know, like do a business and, you know, like all that jazz. But yeah, I had like a whole family intervention being sat down, friends, family, like, bro, what are you doing? You know, don't, don't pass, <laughs> don't pass that opportunity. And yeah, mm-hmm. fortunately I listened to them and I went and, and that, that was, that was definitely the better choice. Um, yeah, so I did consider studying in Kenya for a bit, but yeah, I eventually went to the UK. Was there was there anything that happened during that year that you had Brookhouse that you felt further cemented the idea of going abroad? Was it people that you met? Was it experiences? Was there any that... So how did you sort of like navigate that seesaw thought of, I can stay home, I can go abroad um, during that year? Ooh. Um... So in terms of going abroad, um, I, there, were, there was definitely things that I knew that helped settling down. You know, for example, mm-hmm. like you're with a whole court of people and you sort of like go there together. So I knew that would sort of make settling down like easier relatively. But in terms of staying, what really helped like sway the decision to finally go is I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to, I guess, like do more, do more, do more, and just, you know, hit the ground running you know, just, you know, why are you waiting time? Why are you wasting time? Just keep going. But I realized over time and through those conversations that 
you know, you know, there's this different stages in life and taking the time to just appreciate that stage for what it was will pay back dividends so much more in the future. Um, because beyond just education, I think a benefit, if possible, of, you know, those who get the chance to go is to be able to just see, mm. see a different yeah. culture, mm -hmm. yeah. see how different people interact. Like you're no longer living at home, you're now in a different continent. So you also begin to see your own character, your own, mm -hmm. like where do you stand morally? Like, who are you, right? Because mm -hmm. now you have all the freedom in the world. You know, maybe mm -hmm. before when I was, you know, much younger, if I'd go out, I know, hey, at a certain time, maybe I need to come back. But there, if I want to go for a bender for two weeks, there's no one who's going to really like, you know, button yeah. eye. So really discover who you are, like personally, and I think I really needed that experience to sort of, yeah, know who I am and what I want to do, where I want to go, um, beyond just education. I think that was so mm -hmm. valuable. I think that's what the uni experience is like, especially for international exactly. students. Like, yeah. It's not just in the classroom. It's everything outside of it. And we do have that privilege, thanks be to God, of actually, you know, having that opportunity to go abroad and figure out those cultures but it does so much for us you know just understanding the wider perspective of the world and then that just helps form our identities a lot more than it does you know writing on a piece of paper just to pass exams mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Kind of exactly. yeah like even general life skills independent yeah. budgeting mm -hmm. time management you know all these things yeah Indeed, How to panda a bus? <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, that's that's a good point, Cynthia. Paul, were there any like culture shock things you went through, like pandaing a bus oh, yeah. in the UK, or like figuring out trains and you know just maneuvering in a diff completely different culture? What was that like? Um, I think what would have been very terrible. Luckily, it didn't turn out that bad was when I first got there. <laughs> so when I first got there, so, you know, I'd been booking everything online and I'd booked the accommodation online. So on the accommodation, they show you like what your room will look like. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I don't know, I didn't think that that was just like a mock or this is what it could be kind of mm -hmm. room. So I turned up no bed sheets, nothing. Like it's just as I am. <laughs> hoping that I'd find my room ready, my bed made, you know, all the utensils there. Yeah, shock on me. I went there, it was empty. It was empty, empty, empty. So that was definitely a shock. I realized, okay, okay, now you need to start figuring things out. So you had to go mm -hmm. shop and, you know, like literally buy everything to like settle down. Um, but beyond that first day, I think... No, for the most part, it was, it, was, it was pretty smooth transition because I think the time that I did feel homesick, like I mentioned, there were like loads of Kenyans there that we could just relate mm -hmm. to, talk Swahili, you know, share those laughs. And then also knowing that I'm here to also just see and learn. And, you know, the, the point is to then get that new, you know, cross-cultural experience. So I think I was also like really looking forward to that. So. I think I was not like first day. <laughs> um, the culture shock wasn't that bad. Is like, it sounds like you had you you really had this mentality that was really positive, 
for going to university abroad. And I think it's something for me, myself, as I can reflect back to the first time I went to uni, I didn't have it maybe because I didn't have anyone to tell me otherwise. But it sounds like really you had quite a healthy, like you knew what you were going to get out of that experience of going abroad. It wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to university and this is what I'm meant to be doing. Was there was there someone that went before you or was it someone who told you something that sort of got you to that place, that mindset where you're able to really sort of like get the most out of that experience? And it sounds like you're still getting as well. Yes, definitely. Um, so I have three sisters, so two older and one younger. And yeah, both of my older sisters like studied abroad and they were really pivotal into like laying the expectations of you know what to expect mm-hmm. what to do what not to do um yeah they they helped a ton nice what's the age gap if you don't mind me asking oh so interestingly everyone in our family is like three years difference my mom and dad three years my elder sister, oh, my elder nice. sister three years nice. wow my elder sister and me three years and then me and my younger sister three years so it was definitely planned <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you said. I was like, "That's funny, planning <laughs> at its best." Yeah. It, yeah, it, it shocks me because even my my elder sister and my mom also like born on the same day. So that's like my mom's first kid. Whoa. Wow! The same birthday. <laughs> yeah, just planned. Were your older sisters also in the UK or did they go abroad um, elsewhere? So one was in South Africa and then one was in the UK. She was in Sheffield. Hey, what up? (laughs) (laughs) Did that help you in any way, like having a sister in the UK? So yes and no, because by the time I was getting there, she was like done. So we didn't get that like... I could, you know, hop to Sheffield and she's there. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, again, like I was saying, high top is just like the stories of what to expect and what not to expect. And like, I guess that was also valuable. But I didn't have the sibling to, oh, I don't have money this month. Let me go and uh, (laughs) (laughs) let me go eat there. So, yeah, I guess I had to be a lot more responsible and just like figure everything out on my own to that extent because Mm. I think the closest family was five hours away in like mm. cambridge which is quite far so and did your parents go to university abroad because it sounds like they were quite keen to get you know to provide that opportunity for you guys no actually neither of them went and i later came to realize why they were keen so when when my, when my dad wanted to go to uni now my grandfather or late grandfather basically told me like nah let's like come work um so he i guess always felt that that's an opportunity mm. that i missed so when i have kids mm. i'll really try and provide that for them mm. um so yeah like nine of them went abroad but i think through the, like such an experience they really tried and like gave that for us i remember um <laughs> uh when when i was done with my uni and so i also did my masters as well so my dad once gave a speech and he was saying like he knows that it's not him who inspired me to like go for the further education because it's not something that he did himself mm. but it's really moving to see that even if like you're still proud of you know being able to 
like yeah just get that done in terms of education so yeah i guess that was a way of saying like you know thank you um even though they didn't do it themselves like to have their kids do it yeah oh that's amazing um so you mentioned you did your masters as well and i know you did it immediately after your undergrad uh what influenced you to do um to complete your masters immediately Oh, I think two things. One is personality type, like knowing myself. Like I was about to not go to the UK, right? Um, knowing myself, if I was to start working, there's no way I'd have ever stopped to go to uni again. It's just not going to happen. Um, so that was one. But secondly as well, because when I was in undergrad, we had a, a gross delivery business with a few friends. Uh, shout out to Carlos if you listen to this. Um and yeah it was really it was such an like insightful experience but as an international student you're not legally allowed to own like a company past a certain percentage ownership so once i realized what i was doing i should not be doing um i had to stop that <laughs> um so i stopped that but it was in the whole like delivery space which was a lot there's a lot of operations that went into helping with that from you know, managing shoppers, the drivers, and ensuring that we can deliver the shopping on time. So I think that's what then influenced me to then do operations and management as a master's. I was like, let me just get that over and done with. So yeah, we finished eventually. Nice. Yeah, yeah, because you know, once you start to taste the money, it's a bit (laughs) (laughs) tough. No going back, no going back. I was even told, oh, like, yeah, like, now you think about doing PhDs, you actually can't pay me to do a PhD. (laughs) Genuinely, not for me at all. Yeah, I'm there with you. So jumping the gun a little, like, you you mentioned that business, and you you do own one now, um, Igwa. Tell us about that. Yes, I'm actually smiling because you pronounced it well. So that's Did good. I? Oh, you know, I'm yeah. tripping. Like, yeah, you know, I had to read it like three times like, in my head. Like, is it Igawa, Aigua, Aigue? Yo, I'm happy yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. Like, given we have not had I'm a conversation about it. I'm like, yes. Because so it's Igwa XP or Igwa Experience, so I-G-W-A. Right. But when I tell people it's Igwa with an E or Iugwa, yeah. so should I have changed the name to make it easier? I was like, no, no we'll, we'll, we'll stick I-G-W-A. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, the company is called um, Igwa Experience. And what we're basically trying to you know, create is a marketplace where you can book all experiences on one platform. So, you know, think your zip linings, your paintballing, if you're interested in gym, like tours and travel company, like where can you find one space to, you know, have the activities that we'd like to enjoy and purchase in and then be able to filter that by price. So maybe when you have, you know, a G today and you want to do something outside of just share hair, then, or maybe you want to do share hair, maybe you can, you know, you can find those things there, or maybe you have a bit more expenditure and you maybe know, want to. You know, purchase something nice for your loved one or your friends. So we're still like developing that. Um, and anyway, it's a step-by-step process of how we'll get to that place where we'll have now everything on one platform. But yeah, starting small, you know, have a few organizers, have a few experiences, open to all the feedback, you know, tell us this is working, tell us this is crap, and then we'll improve over time. And yeah, hopefully we can, you know, build something valuable, you know, for you guys. 
And what was the motivation to start this specific business? Um, I think the first customer was like myself. So when I was in the UK, um, there was an airline called Ryanair that mm. allowed, mm. especially at that time, it allowed you to go to Europe for as little as 20 euros. You could fly to a European country. Maybe it was an ad, maybe it was true. But that really caught my attention because I realized, you know, when I'd go to the club, you're spending, you know, more than 20 euros. And with, you know, with limited resources, I started realizing I could either, you know, do this thing that I do every weekend, you know, you know go out and whatnot, or I could save a bit and have a whole different experience, you know, in a new country. So that was the first time I realized there's actually more I can do with my time and limited resources to have a more enriched experience in life. So the more I'd like go down that path of, you know, trying to look for different experiences, could be hiking, could be, you know, just whatever. I'd always find that there's things that would be happening in and around me that I wouldn't know about that I wanted to have partook in. So then that's when the idea came. It's like, okay, but how can we have one place or one marketplace where you can then now go to and find things based on your interest? So if I was into the traveling, into the zip lining, into the paintballing, into, you know, gym, whatever it is, it'll just make it easier for, you know, hopefully people who want to, you know, do more with their time um, can then now also use the service. So I guess that was the motivation. It's like, I think this... I'd like to think it ought to exist and you know, let's test it, let's take it to markets. And if people think it does need to exist, then we'll grow and keep improving. If people think it doesn't need to exist, then we shall reconsider our business plan. <laughs> I mean, I think it's so, I think it's really valid because every time I think about, like, I think, Kadoni and I, we've said this so many times, like, the only thing that comes to mind when you're thinking about what can I do in Nairobi, it's let's go drink. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. <laughs> it's like you know like we're thinking like oh we're free this afternoon you know what can we do let's go have a drink you know yeah. and, it's, and it's really nice to have a platform like this that brings things together that probably will empower small businesses and allow mm -hmm. them to grow as well so now nah, props props to that i think the drinks okay. will be on that platform as well oh, of course. Yeah. 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 at the end of the day we're kenyans you know if akuna yeah. kombe we don't want <laughs> something for everyone something for everyone yeah. Yeah. but yeah. it's a step also, by step we're not journey alcohol guys yeah um i also think it's a good idea because I even hear like my cousin saying, oh, I found this hiking experience or all this, you know, weekend trip somewhere on Instagram. And I'm like, now for those of us who don't know how to deep dive through Instagram, how are we exactly. supposed to learn about all of this? Yeah, exactly. So it's a really good idea. Thanks. So, um, like, sorry, because I'm just adding on to that. Kenyans are bad planners as well, especially oh, when you're trying to yeah. do things as a group. And, you know, mm -hmm. like there's this activity, let's go do this together. That and you're like, yeah, rare, yeah, yeah, exactly. But just Lipa, Lipa, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, having a platform yeah. like this really pushes that forward, which is super dope. Oh, thank you. Hopefully, we'll serve you guys all one day. Definitely. Um, so when you decided to to leave your job to to pursue this um full time and create EgoXP, what was the thought process you had and then also what was the conversation like you had with your parents Ooh. yeah well 
Well, well, well. Um, so, you know, with my mom initially telling her, um, you know, living full-time employment to go and start this thing, she was mm. like, nope, don't do it. You know, money is sweet. Take, like, you don't have to, like, do both, right? Yeah. At the very least. And I, honestly, I really understood where she was coming from. Um, but I think for me, it was really important to have, like, sort of live, like, succeed or fail by my own terms. So, you know, if this works out, then yeah, everyone is much better for it. If it doesn't work out, it'll never be the what if. Like, oh, I should have just tried. So that was, like, a pretty strong conviction. And the second thing was I realized, like, there's three points at which people start businesses. You know, firstly, it's, you know, I had X experience in said company, and it gave me insights, it gave me connections. And now because of that, then I want to go and start a business. Or even if you don't want to start a business, it's go down the career path and exceed and excel at that. You know, even though, you know, um, the Safaricom CEO, uh, Peter doesn't uh, own Safaricom, I guess, no, like he has a very, you know, um, coveted job in terms of being the CEO of Safaricom. But the thirdly, it was, you know, start when you're young because you relatively have less responsibilities in terms of I don't have three kids that I'm taking to school. So I could take that financial hit to then be a bit more risky. And I realized I fit in the third category because I did know what I wanted to do. And it was a matter of, will I try and, you know, take that leap of faith? And yeah, you know, eventually they came around. My dad was super supportive about it. He was like, yeah, you listen to me and just, okay, you know, try. Um, and that was all I needed, like, okay, you know. Yeah. So I'd saved some money when I worked in the UK. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to give it a good shot. If it works, you know, let's take it to the moon. Um, so that was the motivation. And I, I still, you know, believe like something like this ought to exist. So, you know, why not be asked to bring it to life? And how did those years that you were working in the UK, um, maybe between um, first degree and master's, maybe during and then after your master's degree, how did that shape your who you are as a person, the ability to take on this huge risk? Ooh. So the experience was really insightful. Um, like really understanding that you know, all big things that we see today started with just one step. You know, look at the Kenyan Experience podcast. I'm sure there's a time where this didn't exist. And now here we are. (laughs) You know, that was the first step. Uh, I I listened to some of the episodes where I think to Cynthia, Richard Kadoni, and there's a whole thing happening. And, you know, now (laughs) we're here. And it's realizing, like, that same concept happened with everything around us. Apple had the day one. Netflix had the day one. You know, Uber had the day one, and it's like, okay, then am I going to have my day one or not? So just taking that leap. And I think just working, and not just, just because I worked in the UK, but like really understanding everyone starts from somewhere, like gave me the motivation to be like, you know what, like, let's do this. Um, so this business, um, you're, you co-founded it with a friend, or how yes. how ha- how has it been like working with a friend? Literally, my Hello. next question. 
Shout out, Duncan. Um, yeah. So that's 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 our CTO. Um. So the thing is, like, even when we were starting, we like we were friends, but we weren't like the greatest of friends in terms of like always interacting, you know, always being in each other's spaces. But the thing about you know being a business, it's kind of like a marriage, right? Because you go from I'm not speaking to you in you know so long to every day we're talking, we're meeting, yeah. we're sort of like working on this thing, mm-hmm. and that can either be like really beautiful if your personalities match, if your characters are the same or similar values, and then you feel to have like the worth ethic together, or it can be like a huge disaster because you know with a friend you meet each other for good times, but you're not you're not introspecting each other's worth ethic or your commitment yeah. and all these things. So like, fortunately, that's been really good. Um, I think we are both committed. We're both all in to like, you know, really see this work. And I think the other thing that tests that is over time. Like the more right. obstacles you go through. Because anyone can say, I'm, I'm down. Like, what? Yeah. Good idea. Let's do it. But not everyone can, you know, prove with the actions when the tough times come they're really down for this and i think so far so good we've both proven that to each other and yeah hopefully we'll you know keep proving that you know for years to come did you have any doubts like starting a business with a friend um so i guess (laughs) 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 you're just taking notes (laughs) (laughs) um so I think like the more I read into it and the research, then you find like just like one, two things beyond the skill set. Like the first thing you look for is like character, mm. um, because like we're all learning. Like no one is perfect, we're all growing, changing. Like that comes, but in, in terms of character and commitment, like that is so key. Like even for us as Igwa, and, like if you're working with us, we need to know that you're in, right? Because it's so hard to start a venture that when it now gets to those hard times, we need to be able to trust each other. But my first thought is like, are they going to bail? It's like, that guy's solid, she's solid, you know, we're all in. So I think that was like the iffy part because sometimes you can't know that until you work with someone. Like yeah. on paper, everyone can sound good, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's the more we've worked together than the more confidence I've been able to have in our partnership. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that I knew I needed a partner was just like skill set wise, right? So I, like he's like really taking care of all the tech, um, you know, you know, building it out, you know, having meetings, talking to providers, really, you know, making sure the tech is solid. And then I'm like doing a lot of the, you know, the sales, the acquiring the organizers, like making sure the experience for them. Is also. So we have a really good partnership where it's where he's weak, I'm strong and where I'm strong, he's weak. And we yeah. sort of like complement each other that way. And then hopefully over time we keep like getting guys to join our team that complement also like both of our weaknesses together. Um, so it's not easy to start a company with a friend, but if you do get it right, I think it's very beautiful because you're more invested in this than just beyond like work. If this is a genuine friend, then there's also that accountability. Like oh, I don't let the money down because yeah. like. This is my friend, you know? <laughs> so it actually works. Like if you get a friend that you can't work with, it actually really works because when things mm-hmm. get really tough, like you're someone that you can trust to not bail, to sort of be there, to talk to, 
you know, you're, as you're planning, as you're going through like the turmoils, you have a friend that you can sort of like go through that with. So I think if you get it right, it's very beautiful. If you get it wrong, you lose a friend and a partner, so tough. Absolutely. <laughs> tough. At least you've learned yeah. something anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think especially with this podcast, there's been so many times, and I think I've said this before, where like we've all leaned on each other so much, so, so much. Where like, and for me personally, it's the whole accountability thing that I felt so much because now as I've started working, when I was a uni student, I felt like I had a lot more free personal time. As it might sound quite paradoxical for people, but a lot more free personal time to focus on the podcast, you know, do et cetera, et cetera. But now as I'm working, and these guys have been working a lot longer than me, it's a whole accountability thing. It's like, I can't let Godoni down. I like I can't let Dennis down. I can't let Eric down. I really need to just pull up my socks. I need to stay up, send that email, whatever, in order to make this podcast out. Because it's, it's become more about working with my friends and respecting them and appreciating them than it is has been like, oh, I'm creating this thing because I'm interested in it. I think that at some point, eventually, it doesn't die, but it becomes less important. And it's just more about like, you're in this with other people. So yeah, no, I completely agree. It's like, Sometimes it's it's a massive blessing to be able to work with people who you genuinely like really respect. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and ask Dennis the same question. Has it been working with friends? Hey. Hey. Yeah, a story for us. after recording. That one. <laughs> Off mic. Off mic. Hey, hey, hey. That one. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not easy. I'll just I'll leave it at that. It's not easy. Tough, tough, tough. But these guys have. I mean, these guys have also. I I used to have a very very strict different perspective on it. You know, I was a believer for a long time. Like business with a friend that that can't work, and I think it was biased based on experience and what I went through mm. at the time. Mm. But this this podcast is a good of a good example that it can work. You know. And it goes to what you're saying, Paul. It's it's character, it's skill set, putting your minds together to achieve the same vision. And it can work. It can work. Definitely. Hey, but that one I was doing, that one did not work. Really, 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 <laughs> yeah. And and that's the interesting thing. Like if it works, like doing it together multiplies the joy, right? But yeah. if it doesn't work, failing together multiplies the pain. So yeah. <laughs> kudos for you to put yourself out there again and hope and you'll find something beautiful together. So that's great. hundred percent, hundred percent. With Igwe, is it, is it just the two of you? So in terms of the core team, yes. And then we have like other people that we contract to work with us on particular aspects right. of like, yeah, building the team. But then over time, hopefully we can yeah, grow the team more internally. With other friends or... so i mean again like if they have you know the character and willing to put in the work whether you're a friend or not i'm i'm really open um yeah i think it's just more about like do our values align like do you understand how hard it is and then are you committed to like making it happen and Mm. then now we can all enjoy if it works um so yeah always open like if there's any techniques out there you know, listening who want to have a shot at, you know, being part of a startup, then yeah, just hit me up and be more than happy to listen to that conversation. Dennis, what do you do again for a living? 
<laughs> I am in that space. Yes. <laughs> I was yes. This is why I'm asking these questions. I'm just making really angry for a job. I can side hustle. Please. You can just imagine Dennis get... there with his notebook. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, uh... So, do we work on Saturdays? Do we work weekends? Or... <laughs> uh, no, more than happy to have that conversation, generally. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. That's true. Yeah. I would love to see it. So, I know. Connections, you know? Um, so what is your long-term hope for EgoXP? What is the goal? Um, the goal is step-by-step, step, we can like, grow to be like a globe, multinational company. Because, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely the goal. You know, can we have not just ex- experiences in Kenya, you know, can we do you know East Africa? Can we do South Africa? Can we do the African continent, and then you know, sort of like expand from there? Um, because you know, our hypothesis is like you know, you know, people do like experiences, and more people these days are traveling, looking for an experience bef- yeah. beyond before just like a hotel to stay. It's like, okay, when I go to X country, like, what do I want to do? And and like, we want to be able to have those things on our platform. So it's definitely like a very big goal, you know, trying to you know, get there. But we believe that it's just step by step. Again, every successful company had a day one and, you know, this is our day one and hopefully we can get there. And yeah, I'll be, we can come back to this podcast and we can have a review <laughs> in, yes. in, in, our, in, t- in five years and either I'll be crying. I'm like, guys, tough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's happening. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I think as we come to the end of the podcast, I just wanted to ask you, you started off, so we started the podcast as usually do asking, you know, what's your story? And you made it very, very clear from the beginning to sort of define yourself as more than just a business owner, more than just a guy with a master's degree. Why, why was that important for you to introduce yourself in that way? Was there something that happened or... Has it been something that you've... Ex- Sorry. <laughs> He's just like, damn, with these questions. <laughs> Let, you know, I'm stunning. Let me take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, was there something... I think especially as a business owner, there's something that I think can be toxic in terms of like you're defining yourself as that business, its failures and its successes. Is that something that then has made you reframe who you are as Pomwe Guy? I'd say yes. Um, wh- why it's really important for me to, or was important for me to introduce myself in that way, because over time, I, especially when it comes to like you know pursuit of happiness and you know holistic life, I realize that these different boxes of my life make me whole. Mm-hmm. And sometimes one box can be going wrong, but if I have the perspective to look at the other boxes going right, it doesn't mean you forget the box that's going wrong but there's a lot to still be grateful about and it's not like doomsday. So say with the business, it's hard starting a business and there's times that it's, it's hard, right? But, you know, I can look at other things. I'm like, you know what? You know, I'm happy with my family or I'm happy with my friends or I'm happy with the relationship that I am in. And I can still find a lot to be like grateful for and then go back and then sort that problem and then keep moving forward as opposed to letting one thing be my identity. And if that thing is going wrong, then I'm done. So I think it just allows me to have like 
I guess, a better mental space because now I can look at my life more holistically. But it's also a reminder for me to not focus on solely one thing. So it's very easy, especially in the stage where I'm like you're always constantly thinking about, you know, the, the company and improving it and, you know, what we do, da, da, da. But it's also a reminder, it's like, oh, like, you know, still make time for friends, you know, be there for them, you know, let them be there for you and support each other. Still make time for family, you know, be there for them, be there for each other. Like still make time for this, you know, different areas. And that now holistically makes, you know, me happy and me whole. So then if the company succeeds, then yes, all these other boxes are sort of like still in the picture. And in the event that it doesn't, like all these boxes are also still in the picture. And then there's the support networks, the support system that makes that like burden a bit easier. Because um, even when it comes to like support, it's those exact people that have been such big champions of the project. Mm. So it also makes sense to sort of like involve them. You know, it could be the, my parents, could be my cousins, mm. my friends, could be my partner. Like all these people have been really helping in that journey. So it's like, let's all come on board, Trende Pomoja, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's why it's important for me to introduce myself in that way because I'm not one thing and I'm not everything. Mm-hmm. But those are some of the things that I am. Agreed, agreed. And if I was to turn the table onto my co-hosts, do you think that that's something that you guys, I think especially pre and post pandemic, that that's, changed you or maybe you've been experiencing you know in the first quarter of like 2023 Dennis time definitely is a factor it is um there's a lot change over time it does happen i mean and I like what you say, Paul, like it, it does match into things when it comes to family, when it comes to support systems, we're huge on support systems on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a huge, huge step, especially in that that time gap of, you know, 2023 during the pandemic as well. It really does push one to a level where we don't even think we can go. I know that did it for me. And it's still doing so for me, like from day to day and just hanging on to those, you know, just hanging on to those every day and believing in that change over time and what you, what keeps you going. And that's the perspective that I have. It's a perspective that I encourage a lot of people to have as well. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's just learning to grow like with each interaction each experience each day each year Mm. there's a level of growth that i've experienced yeah that i'm just like i didn't know i could be a better me than i was yesterday Mm. a month ago a year ago um and so i think starting this podcast actually really helped me realize that because before Mm. i was just like okay i'm gathering but what like i used to be gathering the swimmer then now i first like i was at a point where i was just governing but like what else is there to life so with each interaction and i guess as i've grown older as well um it's just learning to grow and appreciating that growth agreed what about Um, you cynthia i think it's i think it's both i think everything that all of you have said um 
I think because I'm I'm still quite in my in the infancy of my career, literally having worked for maybe the past what seven months or seven and a half months only. Um, I think I'm still, and I think especially as being a medical doctor, like there's such a, I think that comes with a lot of, it's quite a heavy title to be honest. And I think it, it, I really struggle with carrying that. And I still do because on the one hand, it's, you're a doctor, you literally have people's lives in your hands on a day-to-day basis. I mean, obviously I work with an incredible team of people, nurses, health, other healthcare workers. So it's not just me caring for this patient and not just one thing I do, a mistake that I made that will lead to their, you know, um, there being a compromise, a mistake being made. But at the other end, I have patients who turn to me and ask me for advice. So I think it's it's very difficult. But then on the other one hand, I've got this podcast, I've got things that I'm interested in. And so it's like, I'm still sort of finding the balance of, I'm a doctor and I'm also this, or I'm this and I'm also a doctor. So I think that's why it was important for me to ask that question because it's something that I'm seeking to learn a lot from other people is how do I find that, I don't know if balance is a real thing or how do I find that boundary? And Mm -hmm. boundary is defined as, this might, it might be a bit of a weird definition in this context, but I don't know who said it, but essentially boundaries at the distance at which point I can love you and myself simultaneously, you know, and it's for me to have those two things in my life, sort of like have a, a very, <laughs> you know, like a healthy, a healthy interaction, a healthy marriage, you know, so, <laughs> so I think for me, that's, that's where I'm at at the moment, but I'm learning a lot from everyone around me who's past the infancy of their own career past in their own lives nice okay guys i think this first of all i can't even believe that it's already been an hour because it feels like we've been talking for like 30 minutes on (laughs) (laughs) but i think at this point we can come to a close um and before i ask my last question migai where can our listeners find you and igwa xp Ooh, so XP on the website, so I-G-W-A, you know, X, like XP.com. Um, so at the moment, it's only open to like uh, early users testing. And then hopefully once we're happy with the test, then we can go properly live. So you can find us there. Or on my Instagram, uh, Paul Mugai W. I will put everything in the show notes. So that guy sounds good. Yeah. All right, and lastly, to put my fellow co-hosts on the spot, what have you guys learned from me, guy, in this amazing conversation we've had? Don't work with friends. It doesn't <laughs> Don't you do? You've not convinced me. I'm still convinced. I'm not convinced. It's a lie. It's a lie. Can, can, can I say one more thing to convince you? <laughs> I mean, if, if you look at, not all, but a, a huge percentage of successful companies, yeah. you know, look at Apple, um, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were in the same university together. Yeah. Airbnb, same story. Actually, I um, yeah. Like, a lot of companies that go the distance, it's actually with their uni friends or their childhood friends because it's just so hard and you need essentially because it's like you're getting married and you didn't just marry anyone so you need to marry someone you know like well like can we go the distance so if you yeah. do get to start the company with a friend i think it's, it's a beautiful thing 
guys, now I have to reach out to my universe. Do I even still have some of your <laughs> I feel like Dennis, you're yeah, stressing yeah. yourself out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah just, just don't compromise on yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but to answer your question, because when you like one one thing I've picked up, um, two actually, the the first one is focus. Um, focus on what you really believe in from the get go, and Paul, that's something I get from you. Like focus, really, really is your drive. And it helps you being also a family man, which I also can get. Like having that support system really, really helps mm-hmm. and works. And maintaining that focus and really just trusting the focus as well. And then the second thing is, is just get started. You know, even with that small idea that you have, that business idea that you have. I mean, we're a good example as a podcast. You know, we, we were scared in the beginning. But, you know, mm-hmm. it just, just took one episode and then two episodes then 10 then 12 you know just get started and then keep the ball rolling and then that builds success with the focus and the mentality and then the rest can just be a blessing agreed agreed i think for me it was the thing that you said at the beginning which is just intentionality um knowing what it is that you're going to you know know what you want to get out of it because you can't control what actually happens but you can control you can only control so much and that is what you're going to get out of it so if you focus on that then everything else will follow and the things that you know the obstacles that come along the way I think you'll be much more appreciative because you'll be like I set out to do this and I think more often times than not the universe comes together you've called the universe of God comes together in order to give you more than you even bargained for in the first place. And going back to Dennis's point, I think when you lean in and you take that step, accepting the fact that you might fail, I think you oftentimes you end up succeeding more than you think and probably succeeding in ways you didn't intend to. Um, yeah. I think that, that those are my te- takeaways from this amazing episode with you. Nice. Um, for me, it also goes back to something you said earlier about, um, you know, each experience can have a good and a bad. So you just try and look for the good in each experience. So my takeaway is that um, it's more important to view life and, and each experience as a glass half full than glass half empty, because you can get takeaways and there's something you can gain from each experience that can help you in the next. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's very awkward listening to <laughs> this live segment when you're right in front of the people talking. So, <laughs> very awkward. But, <laughs> but at least it's nice to hear there's something we could all get. Yeah, and we hope all our listeners as well are able to take a few things away from this this conversation absolutely and i think we would love to know as well so we've yeah. i know we have listeners but you guys are not leaving a rating and a review i'm gonna start <laughs> <laughs> this song. Rating yeah. and or a, a voice review. note but if you want to subscribe by way letting and review please <laughs> <laughs> do what you gotta do <laughs> for yeah. this podcast We'd even investor yani yani just <laughs> <laughs> yeah and with that we have come to the end of this episode thank you guys um for joining thank you Mikai, for being on here and sharing your story with us
Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's been very, very, it's been a great experience. Absolutely. And we'll have part two in five years. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay <laughs> tuned. No pressure. Exactly. No pressure. <laughs> exactly. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into another episode of A Kenyan's Experience. If you found this episode inspiring or even helpful, then please do us a solid and share it with close friends or family or even just share it to the world. We appreciate you. Hit us up. Check out that new feature, the voice notes. Let us know what you think about this episode. We'd love to hear back from you.